I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Newton. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lawrence Stonigan and this week I'm joined by a couple of guests. Uh, first up is uh, our great friend Jeff Shackelford, uh, the author of the Quadrilateral Substack newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, please do. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, and our other guest is uh, James Corrigan, the golf correspondent of the Telegraph newspaper in London. Jamie has always been one of the uh, best golf writers in the world, a beautiful writer, uh, people seem to forget, but these days he really made a name for himself as the guy who's breaking all the stories on uh, Live Golf. This uh, has opened him up to all kinds of strange uh, and completely unjustified criticism. Uh, simply because he's breaking stories, some people think he is uh, some kind of live cipher. Uh, not true, obviously. He's a, I've known Jamie for the best part of 20 years. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, journalist uh, and a straight-up guy. So uh, it's really great. He doesn't do many podcasts, Jamie, so it was brilliant to have him on to discuss, uh, along with Jeff, all things uh, live, including uh, Jamie's story this week. Exclusive story this week about uh, Liv's attempt to latest attempt to uh, garner itself some official uh, golf world ranking points uh, by signing or signing up with the something called the Mina Tour. This podcast is almost entirely about Liv for the simple reason that uh, having Jamie on was a, a really great uh, opportunity to pick the brains of a guy who's been at the forefront of, of the entire story. But before we go, I want to remind you that this podcast is an adjunct of uh, the McKellar Magazine. I would be failing in my job if I didn't remind you to go to mckellarmagazine.com slash shop and buy a brand new copy or a new copy of the brand new edition of McKellar issue number six with uh, Murder McLeod's stunning photograph of the gates at Muirfield uh, on the front cover. Uh, you could also buy a brand new t-shirt. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, a whole host of different t-shirts in there, uh, all b uh, beautiful uh, quality, uh, really good. I get lots of compliments about them. Uh, you can also get your McKellar bucket hat. Anyway, uh, let's get on with the show, the McKellar Golf Podcast with special guest Jeff Shackelford and Mr. James Corrigan. Two guests uh, today, uh, I guess we'll start with the uh, the one we haven't had on for a long time, uh, legendary, no, it's not, he's not legendary, but anyway, uh, Jamie Corrigan, golf correspondent of The Telegraph. Jamie, how you doing, pal? It's great to be here. It's lovely. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no Ian Carter, unfortunately. He's too busy for us. Too too big time for us, Jamie. Well, you know what he's like, these high flyers. Yeah, the, uh, you a minute on the road sometime. The, uh, anyway, and uh, second guest, uh, Jeff Shackford. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well, Lawrence. Good morning. Good morning. On the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Good afternoon in Wales. Uh, listen, uh, Jamie, um, Again, really thanks for doing this. The reason I wanted to get you on is, I guess when it comes to the biggest story in golf, the whole live thing, you have been, congratulations mate, uh, I know you won't want it, but uh, you're having it. I've done a fantastic job on breaking stories on this whole thing, absolutely leading the pack. Uh, so congrats on that. Uh, you broke a story uh, earlier this week about the MENA tour uh, morphing into the live tour, and lo and behold, voila, abracadabra, they get uh, official golf world ranking points, but not so fast. Anyway, uh, we'll come to that in a bit, but uh, I was absolutely struck, Jamie, by the reaction. I mean, the amount of uh, abuse, um, 
I guess I should ask you, what's it like being in the middle of the kind of firestorm? Um, it's, it's, you sort of get used to it, especially with live, which is such a divisive topic, isn't it? It's just sort of get the football treatment. Only this is what football writers or soccer writers are jeopard know. That's what they get all the time. And I think that's what live has become, isn't it? It's, it's almost like that. You can't seem to be a neutral reporter. Um, just, you know, putting out the facts that you've learned, the stories that you've learned, you know, you, you have got to take a side. Um, you know, I understand the, the emotions around it because obviously where the money comes from is pretty disgusting. But, you know, but then there are stories to be done on the back of that. You, like you say, it's the biggest story in golf. It's probably, I mean, a seismic shift that golf hadn't seen for a generation or more. And people get, you know, people get nasty, especially on social media. I don't pay any attention to it. If somebody said it to my face, I might, but that'll probably never happen. So we just crack on, don't we? The uh, biggest story since the emergence of Tiger, mid-90s, probably is, isn't it? Oh, easily. Yeah, I'd say easily, yeah. And in terms of what, obviously Tiger changed everything, but this is going to change everything, isn't it? So it's on that level, which is which is incredible if you think about it. The uh, I wonder what uh, Jeff. I wonder why it's got so tribal. Any ideas? I mean, it does seem to be tribal now, doesn't it? Everybody seems to be picking sides. Apart from me, I'm a I'm a rise above it kind of character, you know. But anyway, it seems to be getting really heated. Sorry, I'm just checking to see if my PGA Tour check came into my uh, bank account. <laughs> um, I just love all the people who accuse me of of being a tour uh, a groupie. That's always a fun one. But it, it, yeah, it is very tribal, and it's I, it's all connected to the same forces uh, that we're we're just seeing in our society in general. There's there's some sort of a, a clubby element, being a, a bro, and you, you 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 identify with this movement, and they've tapped that same kind of uh, angry grievance. Uh, thing and you know it's a very visible group on social media I don't know how prominent their numbers are in terms of society of people who are eager to uh, back a golf tour because it fulfills uh, all of their needs in in uh, airing their their grievances with the world I think it's a pretty small group uh, based on the numbers so that is uh, definitely one of the more bizarre elements in, in this and then of course you see people who are who kind of want to be in on that but they really like the the way golf was in the pga tour and don't really like the the people involved in this so it's uh fascinating to watch that conflict play out as well did you think jeff that the um trump's involvement has ramped it up a bit it yeah. seems to have seems to like you know that's given it a new edge and a new and obviously all the trump supporters seem to be live supporters and you know, and all the non, all the Trump haters seem to be live haters. It just seems to have really given it, given it, you know, legs more, more so than I think would have been the case if, you know, they'd just taken it to anonymous golf clubs. It did, and I think the event at Bedminster really took it up a notch and making that almost a, a, a political rally. Uh, and the live people, by all accounts, uh, were happy to encourage that and and interested in that and felt like that was uh, not a negative. But I think it cost them <laughs> i think there were people who were uh, interested to see what would happen or people who are interested in a disruptive force and and uh, i mean i just had dinner with somebody recently who was who was saying that they're they're open to the idea of of change and disruption and and the tour needed a little jolt but but that 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 really took it uh to another level and and was a big turnoff to them and i don't think that person was alone in that uh, impression of things
And it's only going to get worse when they go to Doral and do it all again. Yeah, the Doral thing's going to be a, something else. That, to me, Jamie, that seems like such a, I don't know, such a bad market move. Like, you know, it's not really like it's thought out properly. Hey, let's embrace the whole Trump thing. Uh, but again, he is dis- divisive uh, across the world. And he's not in the majority. He doesn't carry the majority with him. Maybe I reckon if they if they could co opt to his thirty percent or something that they, you know, the, I mean, we'll come on to this. Uh, actually, it seems kind of slightly desperate, or or just, you know, you know, casting around for something. I I, I just wonder how. I guess what I'm trying to ask is how strategic do you think these people are, Liv? I think they've had to do a lot of things on the hoof. Yeah. If we just get away. Going away from Norman and them lot at the moment, there's some pretty decent people that live. You know, there's some you know some decent professionals, and they and they probably do shake their head at a lot of it. You know, and you know we obviously saw a few people leave early doors and everything. And but you know they're having to do it literally on the seat of their pants a lot of it. And I actually believe that what they've done in a short time, forget about the money and the investment, and people will say, oh, you can buy a lot with two billion dollars. Forget about all of that. Because just to get a golf tournament on is a very difficult thing, no matter how much money you've got. And I've sort of been, in a way, impressed with the, you know with the way the back staff have handled themselves. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a great fan of Greg Norman. Um, and obviously, where the money comes from is horrible. But you know, I just think if you just look at it as passionately and just look at look at where they've come to. You know, I remember in the players in March. You know, when all of the dead in the water talk yeah. was being. Being, being spoken about, and, and Frida said, you know, that the winner of the Open would have been, yeah. you know, and thing, and not just any old winner of the Open. It was, you know, a winner of the Open who'd also won the players, one of, one of, looking like when I would get the games, you know, predominant players, and looking like he could, you know, have an incredible tour career. You know, that, that is an amazing thing to think about, and so, and I, I've sort of what, what was sort of gets on my nerves. You know, there's obviously these live people on Twitter who were. Um, pretty nasty, but then what also gets on my nerves are the the people who just seem to ridicule it all the time, as if it's some sort of joke. And I, I think that was probably just one of the PJ Tour's biggest problems was that they didn't take it seriously enough. They didn't take the threat seriously enough, and it and it and it, they were sort of caught off guard. And you know, it's not a joke. You know, it's definitely not a joke. You look who's playing there, and it is not a joke. This is serious. You know, this is a this is an existential threat to the PJ Tour, and I think they've woken up too late to that. Yeah, do you think that uh, dead in the water stuff that was at Riviera, if I remember rightly? Do you think that was like a red rag taboo? I wonder. I, I mean, they were already in. You know, they were into it, the Saudis, but I wonder if that really, you know, because this is a public investment fund. This is like we're talking trillions of dollars. You know, maybe yeah, we are probably. I mean, I mean, what would possess Rory to stand up there and go, "This thing's dead in the water." It's the Champions Tour. It just seemed like. So silly, and I just wonder how provocative that was. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got to remember, you know, the context of that with Mickelson and everything, and yeah. people like Dan and all these players coming out and saying, you know, we're we're sticking with the PG Tour. But yeah, obviously now we know that was premature, and Rory admits to it being premature. And I think you're right. I think there is more than was more than it became more than just about money. Then I think it became about. Um, became about sort of a macho culture within um, the Saudis and, you know, a sort of belligerence that, hey, you're not going to stop us. 
and you know we know that we know that Greg Norman has never never been shy in his life, and you know I think the the Saudis thought you know that this we, we're not going to be embarrassed like this, and so they they sort of um, made it their point that they had to get it off the ground. But it's just been remarkable the haste of it all, and, and the speed, and the and the way it's changed, and you know every the, the narrative just keeps it, that that's, it, it, it never seems uniform for any type of time. It's up and down, up and down, and there's always something else, and you think what's going to be next, and you just, you just can't foresee it. Yeah, it's funny though, Jeff, that we talked about two billion already spent, uh, and Jamie, but as Jamie says, it just seems to be like on the hoof. You would think if you're going to invest this amount of money, this extraordinary amount of money, there would be some kind of grand strategy. But it's weird that there really isn't, is there? Uh, I think there is a grand strategy. I think Greg Norman just keeps making a mess of it. Or or there is some other factor we're not fully aware of that's driving this uh, uh, desperation. Because as as Jamie points out, uh, yeah, they have a lot of very smart people uh, behind the scenes. They've done an amazing job to pull off professional-looking golf tournaments, professional-looking broadcasts. I mean, we make fun of the uh, the announcers and some of the uh, weird stuff they do, and and I did last night, and y- you have to. I mean, to see David Faraday off with the uh, James Pyatt uh, watching him eat scorpions in Bangkok, whatever. It's 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 silly, but when you step back, yes, everything they've done. In the short, in a very short amount of time, is is almost astonishing when you know how hard it is to put one of these on, especially all over the world, and yet they keep fumbling at, at key points and and pushing way too hard instead of stepping back and saying, "Hey, we've really built something uh, in the first year, uh, and let's just keep building." And I think that is probably the mentality of the people behind the scenes. But Norman seems to have a desperation that I think will be fatal and. Uh, the good news for both sides is they both keep bungling uh, elements of this. I mean, I, I don't agree with Jamie that the tour um, didn't take this seriously enough. They didn't take it seriously at all. <laughs> it was it was just astounding to me how you know when I first reported on the PGL story and and they they just never took this seriously in any way um, in the in the way of forming out. Um, uh, Worst-case scenarios, war gaming, whatever you want to call it, uh, and and they just were not prepared for what might happen. And and you know, regarding Riviera this year, I I wrote an obituary on the on the Saudi thing. I really thought at the time when you looked at the players who were publicly opposed to it by the end of that week, there just wasn't much to pick from. So at the time, that I think was a natural. Uh, uh, inclination to to say, well, who are they going to have play? But then obviously they just kept chipping away, and and here they are, and they have a, a nice collection. But I don't I don't know if it's a particularly uh, relevant group, other than probably Cam Smith. At least just going by this year's major championship uh, play. The um, the river that was the Sunday the Sunday the river that was the DJ and Bryson DeChambeau statements came out that day, committing themselves to right, right, and, and the uh, tour the tour helped with those and. And didn't care that it was the final round of one of their most watched tournaments of the year. They were, they were, uh, they were so eager to get that out there on Sunday. They did that, and and that was, of course, totally disrespectful to the sponsor. But they 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 were they were feeling a little desperate. That 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 speaks to the, you know, the seat of the pants nature of all of this. Uh, 
Actually, Jeff, see for the kind of layperson, and you said it as well, Jamie, it's really hard to... What's so hard? If I've got $5 billion, what's so hard about putting a golf tournament on? Could you kind of explain, you know, why it's hard? Well, first yeah. of all... It's, oh, well, go, go ahead, on. Jamie. You, yeah. you go, Jamie. Yeah, um, yeah I'd, say, I'd say the most difficult thing is obviously the players, getting them and getting good players and getting something credible. I think that's the obviously difficult thing it's very um i think they, they've been aided in that with um, some pretty um irresponsible agents who have just looked to make cash and their 10 percent or 20 percent or whatever they get and you know really push their clients into it um but maybe it wouldn't be the best thing for some of them i think it was the best thing for many of them but certainly not some of them um i also think you know just the fact of finding courses who are willing to do this when it's such a um when it's you know got such stigma to it the saudi stigma and then you know the actual thing of get, getting it on youtube and you know actually i think that the camera work is fantastic i think um i'm not i'm not, I'm not that bothered about the the format i think you know it's I, that's the one thing the one negative to me is i really don't like the broadcast you know the actual commentary which is it's too much propaganda i don't think it's necessary and i I think if they've got that, that's one mistake that they some somebody in high should say, look, just do it as a golf tournament. You don't have to keep on bigging up the team element of it and everything. But it's just all the infrastructure as well. You know, you walk around and you go into the um, you go into t- you go to the events. I've been to three events and you go to the fan village and everything. I thought they were great. I honestly did. And you know, I actually put that and people gave me dog abuse on uh, there. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, much better than I thought it would be. And I think they've done a good job. And um, the way that they treat the... Uh, the I think one of the masterstrokes, I think, is, and you'll know all about this, Lawrence, is that they treat the charities like human beings, which is unheard of, you know, yeah. because, you know, I thought it's pretty, pretty bad. And, you know, that's a, that's a really clever thing to do because that's the way through to the players, isn't it? You've got a happy caddy and, you, you know, the players are going to... Yeah. That's gonna, and go through the sort of their team as they like to call it. Well, I think it's. Uh, I was getting. I said something nasty about Liv, and one of the caddies uh, texted me. He's like, "Slaughter me." Uh, uh, business class flights, uh, free accommodation, uh, access to everywhere you want to go as a caddy, which is c- quite unusual. You know, a lot of the PGA Tour events, caddies are still treated like kind of European Tour events as well for second class citizens, and. And ten percent of the the prize money, and not paid by the player, but p- paid by by live. That's a pretty sweet deal, and and you are right, Jamie. That kind of stuff that that's just really quite smart because it's not direct. Uh, it's a smart use of money. It's not a direct, you know, in your face thing. It's just a, you know, it's round the back of the, you know, it's round the corner. You, you know, because carries talk, you know, and and they they're as good because they're. To people like me and people maybe like just ordinary punters, that carries are a bit more authentic than the players. Uh, and you get you, yeah. you know, and if you know if a carry comes to me and tells me you should back off, this is what you know. You kind of feel a bit more inclined to think, okay, that, that that's that's pretty good. Uh, and so yeah, you, you're right, Jamie. That, that's pretty smart. Well, but the golf courses, Jeff, are terrible, though, aren't they? I mean, most. Of, I mean, is there any good golf courses? I mean, uh, yeah, no, they don't have the best group, but but like Jamie said, it's very hard to get uh, venues that check all the right boxes, uh, architecturally, space-wise, location-wise, and and that's one of the reasons it's so hard to put on a 
a tour uh, these days just because of, of how far the ball goes and, and their options and then what you're trying to do in, in the uh, concert realm and, and build out. And they're paying these places very well, which I think is a – I mean, the good news for a lot of the, the, the big organizations is they've secured courses for years to come, but they've definitely raised the bar on what a course should get paid to, to host uh, in this. And I'm sure some places are, are, are noticing that. But, yeah, it's very, very uh, uninspired group. But they've – I think uh, they – from what I've – the parts I've seen, they've set them up maybe almost too tough a few times. Yeah, the first one was, uh, was, was over the top. That was... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Which, I, you know what? I don't blame them. I think they want to make sure that they don't give this impression that this is some uh, birdie fest and it's just life is easy. They do. I think it's in establishing the, this this uh, unbelievable obsession with uh, world ranking points that's, I think, going to ultimately derail their their uh their kind of their vision for what they're trying to do because the, the, the desperation is so ridiculous but they were i think that's why they did that with the golf courses to air on that side just uh just in case but uh, if you, if you, sorry jeff no go on, jo- go on jimmy you, yeah if you if you want to really annoy live and especially norman but but live in general just call it an exhibition that is the word <laughs> they hate yeah. You know that 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 just and that I think that's why they want world ranking points. It's yeah. not really about them getting in majors. I'm sure it is a bit, but I think a lot of these players just say they, you know, they 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 knew what they were signing up to. But I think it's Norman's desire for credibility. That's the thing, and and we are living in an age where, where everything's got to be immediate, and we? we can't wait for anything anymore. And you know, even though he's quite an old man in in comparative terms, he seems to have this more than anyone that he wants it now. And he wants to be you know, this to be credible, so we can go to the Saudis um, and say, you know, look, I've given you a, a you know, a yeah. top tour in, in in a year, basically, which is, which would be an astounding achievement, yeah. and would probably, which would then probably, you know, uh, keep him safely employed for you know however much he's on for the next five years. The uh, I want to come on to the desperation a bit. There's a couple of things I want to just go back on. Um, here, Jamie, uh, see from the European perspective. Uh, how close did the European Tour come to getting in bed with with us? Was there? Do you have any sense of that? Because they, they certainly talked. Pelly definitely talked. Uh, yeah, Pe- Keith Pelly, the chief executive, will say, will, will admit it that he, um, you know, when the pandemic was on and when it was all doom and gloom, you know, with the European Tour, and they were looking at, you know, whether they could even survive. That there was there was a. You know that there was a concern there, and he he went to the Saudis and said, "This is what we want you to do. We wanted, you know, almost to be, um, you know, that their title sponsor, and that that's what you know that's what he was looking for." And the Saudis came back and obviously wanted more than that, and you know, with the Rain Group, and there were there were you know big discussions. And Moynihan knew all about them. He didn't speak to Pelly for months and months. You know, he he was absolutely fuming, and it was only you know then that. Um, you know, that the PGA Tour came on board and offered them this money for whatever it was, a certain percentage of their media arm. And, you know, Pelly's board, Pelly and his board decided that was the way to go. But, you know, this, this was this was happening. If the PGA Tour hadn't come with that, it would have happened. And, you know, there, there are quite a few people within the European Tour who think that maybe it should have, you know, and maybe they took the wrong direction. Um, I, I don't particularly agree with that. I think, I think Pelly you know, played his hand pretty well. Um, and I'm not sure you would have got it past the membership anyway if they they, they wanted, you know, being basically that they would have needed to get that through a, 
an extraordinary general meeting. Of, you know, what, what the Saudis wanted to do was basically take over the tour. So basically, it would, the, the European tour would have been the, the MENA tour, essentially. Yeah, it would just have transposed the whole no, Saudi, I'm, the whole yeah, Saudi. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they would have allowed the the European tour to uh, keep some dignity and you know keep some semblance of uh, autonomy and everything. But essentially, it would they did they didn't want to be partners. The Saudis they wanted to uh, they wanted to run it and you know and for everybody to know it was theirs. Uh, yeah, um, whereas Pelly would have wanted uh, just another deal like he did with uh, with uh, Dubai, I guess. Yeah, yeah but but a poor... well, the DP, the DP will, but that almost almost fell. You know that that was that was signed basically in the May, and then it looked it looked dead in the June, and it was only then you know late last year that. That that came through because of DP World's obviously connections with the Saudis, and it was only the fact that DP World had signed it and felt honoured bound to do it that, that that went through. You know that that was that was that was there was a time when they thought the European tour thought that that, that thought that was gone. That was, that was really in peril, and um, you know, then it would have been interesting. Then it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened. And and you know the great Malta meeting, you know the mythical Malta meeting, one of the myths because it happened. But you know when when um, when the Saudis in um, actually gave you know did this big presentation, and um, that's that's what the Saudis claim that you know that's when Paddy gets this got this offer that Paddy insists it wasn't a feasible offer. This is you know this is second again. This is after the peace strategic alliance has been formed. Um, you got to you got to remember that that was actually held at the behest of DP World Tour of DP World. They told the Pelly they wanted them to go and listen to that, and that was why they went. It was it was almost out of courtesy to their impending title sponsor that they wanted them to go and listen to what the Saudis and Performance Fifty Four, the um, you know the the um, PR the PR arm of the of the of Live, you know what what they what they were proposing. Um, so you know that's how that's how big that's how big it got you know with the DP World and the DP you know and the European Tour as it was then. So, what would it, Jeff? I mean, imagine a world in which that had actually gone through. I mean, the PG Tour might think it's in baller right now, but my goodness, I mean, if you because there's no dispute over official goal right. uh, goal world ranking points for the European Tour. Uh, I mean, that would have been. That would have been devastating for the people. No wonder the PGA Tour jumped. Uh, no wonder uh, Monaghan put aside his anger at Pelly and yeah. uh, and did something about it. No, it would have been monumental, and that's why the Premier League group was was pretty gutted when it it didn't. Uh, they just couldn't get it across the finish line. They were very close by all accounts, and it was always the way to to deal with with multiple issues world ranking points uh staffing you know the things we were just talking about earlier building building uh, an organization that could put on these events and and put on a professional looking event and and with the kind of polish and fresh uh vibe that they were going for the pgl and and obviously this group just stole all that and and they're going for the same thing and and all that would have been so much easier to do just having that union with the, the the European tour, so it was definitely a, a very fortunate moment for the PGA tour, and they have completely spoiled that, in my view, just 
and I, and it's very obvious now, I think after that player meeting with Rory and Tiger in Delaware, that part of the message they gave Jay Monahan was, uh, we want to be the domestic tour to their international tour. Uh, at least that was how I read some of the, the comments and, and Jay's uh, answers, which people took as, as really piss poor on the, on the notion of um, uh, more strategic alliance, whatever you want to call them, international events. And he, you could tell he, he wasn't, he wouldn't even admit that the Scottish open would be a likely one of those. And I, and that told me that the, the message he got was we, we don't want to, we don't want to travel all over the world, that group, which I think is uh, going to be a big mistake. And so, yeah, the whole time uh, we, we've, we've kind of gone through this, this scenario, you just keep waiting for that moment when they're going to, to really join with the European tour to make something strong enough. That's not vulnerable, that, that touches on some key markets and other parts of the world. And, brings together uh, world championship events the way they should and the way they always should have. And I just don't see that, that day coming. And I, I don't understand it. I, I get the guys don't want to travel a lot, but we're not, it's not like you're asking them to, to do much more than they do now. And if you schedule it properly, you can do a, a swing around the open championship and a, and a fall Asian thing. And I, it just doesn't make much, you can bring in Mexico. I, I just don't understand why they're so resistant to that. And so that's another perk for, for live that they're essentially saying we're not interested in, in the rest of the world. And that's going to constantly leave the European tour in a very uncomfortable spot. I think the, uh, I think when, sorry, go on, Jimmy. When you, when you talk about things being done on the hoof, like <laughs> But Liv has done it on the hoof. That was Monaghan doing it on the hoof, wasn't it? Yeah. Reacting to that meeting with the, you yeah. know, these, these twenty million dollar tournaments and these, and you know, there were, you know, there were obviously huge talks going on with the, with the European Tour about this global sort of um, schedule that they were planning, and that suddenly got shelved. Now, now the hope in Wentworth is that you know that he just had to do it because Monaghan had to do it just to assuage these, you know, these superstars and that, you know, this will this will happen, you know, down the road. And, you know, there's a big, uh, Pelly keeps saying that 2024, he's told the members this, 2024 schedule, that's the schedule, that wouldn't matter. Judge me on that. Judge this alliance on that. But that puts a lot of pressure on him to deliver. And, you know, if the players like it this year, which they are going to like, they're going to be playing for a lot of money, they won't have to travel. And it's where the Monaghan men could convince the likes of Rory and co., that you know we're going to go global because you know this is this is what the strategic alliance is all about. This was the great positive make thing about it, the aspect of it, and you know it's, that's going to be a huge power. There's so many subplots and oh, um, to this, it's incredible. It, it just it's, it's, it seems almost to be infinite. You know where it could go and where, what it could lead to. The, uh, I don't want to get too deep in the organisational weeds, but see, talking about this, Jeff, you bring it up to me. Uh, Monaghan is is so weak. Why wouldn't he turn around and say, "Where's Rory McIlroy going to play? Where's Jordan Spieth going to play?" Uh, no, I, I, you know, I can't countenance that, uh, Rory. I can't countenance that, Jordan, because this is the way we cannot cede the the rest of the world to this rival organisation. Uh, you look at demographic shifts around the global demographic shifts, uh, economic shifts where the money's going to be. Uh, United States, I mean, isn't going to be the, the hegemic power, the economic power forever. 
Uh, we have to think, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in advance. I can't think for your basic needs for the next three or four or five years. Um, so I'm sorry, I can't, I can't keep us, you know, within the boundaries of, of North America. I, I need to reach out to the rest of the world. And if, if Jordan Spieth turns around and said, well, I don't like that. Well, sorry, Jordan, but where else are you going to play? I mean, does that make sense? Is that a, I mean, is that a fair assessment? It does. It does. And it's, uh, it's really strange to me, especially now when you think about the, the model of this unsustainable business model that they created on the whim uh, in, in Delaware, which I still don't understand how they see it working other than as a short-term uh, stopgap because the WGCs didn't work. They limited the number of sponsors who could uh, sponsor those events. So your best case scenario is to to be a little bit more global and and hope that that brings back a few sponsors that, um, that are interested in that. But so far, I, I haven't seen that and most of the big american companies aren't totally interested in that that global uh event that that gets a lot of attention but it's just been a mystery to me for a long time really back in the wgc days and it's only gone the opposite direction that you would expect it to go in terms of embracing uh certain markets and and again trying to build a, a swing around the open championship and and different things and and when they've had chances to let tournaments die and and put their focus on this, they've they've worked their butt off to to save those events that don't get many eyeballs, because ultimately, Lawrence, this problem still goes back to the PGA Tour executives are compensated and encouraged to create playing opportunities and purse growth, not not to envision uh, that the commissioner is not really paid to step back and envision uh, the long-term and those kinds of things that we're talking about. His job is to to be more immediate and deliver those things. And I think it's why they continue to get into this uh, or why they're just where they're at at this point. And, uh, and then he's more of a player's commissioner uh, than Fincham was. Fincham had some ability to, to, to put a little scare in them. And, and Jay is more their friend and uh he's also now he's so weakened that he really has to go in that direction so that makes it even more of a mess yeah he's worried about isn't he that's what he's been worried about in all of this he's worried about his job bonuses. well now I yeah now for sure for that really but there's, there's so much of it going on i think that's central to this there's so much personal interest which obviously there is because there's so much money but there's nobody sitting back you know i, I always thought it'd be great if there was a sort of, I don't know, like a godlike figure standing up above it and saying, no, you're not doing that, not doing that. That's not good for the game. That's not good for the game. But that doesn't happen in any sphere in life, does it? So uh, you've just got to have this this sort of pathetic self-interest and infighting and hopefully hope something good comes out of it. Sorry, go on, Jeff. One other thing I'm fascinated to watch is as we have a, a recession and you read, uh, or a potential recession, and you read something like what Johan Rupert said, you know, people wondering about their their gas bills, and then you're going to have these guys uh, playing for all this money and in their own little world that that that's so selfish, as Jamie says. That at what point does I think right now it's been an interesting business story, an interesting geopolitical story, uh, but at some point, I think it has to become one where people are just sort of repulsed by them. And I don't know when that, that point comes. I don't feel like that's happened yet, but I think it's coming at some point and they need to really be 
aware of that, uh, that that's going to turn off. Uh, you know, they can't really afford to turn off many casual fans. They don't have that many to begin with. Here, can, I, can I ask you, Jamie, about Pelly? Uh, any idea what this 2024 benchmark looks like? Is there any sense of that? Any gossip about that? Yeah, he's, you know, I think he's, he's told them that there's going to be, you know, more um, co-sanctioned events, events for the tours. There's going to be fewer events, but for more money. That's what he's saying. So instead of, you know, it was always under, under the last regime and even under Pelly at the start, but, you know, it was sort of an every week, there'd be something to play, somewhere to play. But, I, you know, they, he's, he's convinced them, and I think it's right that, it's going to be um, less, it's going to be more. And so, you know, maybe you'll have 30-odd events instead of 45 events or whatever it is. Um, but some of these are going to be co-sanctioned. He's also, you know, he, a lot of people see negatives in the in the 10, you know, top 10 non-exempt players getting cards on the PGA Tour. But he is uh, hailing this as a, you know, as, as a great thing and saying, you know, what, what opportunities it gives. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's what it's going to look like. Fewer tournaments more co-sanctions events, more money at each of these tournaments. Uh, the top 10, I mean, that's just like a, a talent drain, isn't it, to be honest? I mean, that's I guess that, that's what they complain about, giving those PG Tour cards to the top 10 guys. But, but I, re- I brought this up uh, last week, I think, on the podcast, Jamie. Uh, fewer events, uh, more money. You just wonder what happens at the level below that, that top level. You know, could, I, I, the Europro Tour went down last week, which was a big, big breeding ground. Uh, for for up and coming guys, I mean, Terrell Hatton came through the Europe Pro Tour, uh, to name one. Uh, you just kind of wonder wh- what happens to professional golf in Europe, you know, just below that. Uh, it's pretty scary, you know. If I'm a, a kid coming out of college or trying to make it on the Pro Tour, I mean, geez, oh, there's not there's not much of a pathway, is there? Yeah, I think that I think that's what's suffering all of this. That's what's really really alarming in all of this is that. No, there's more and more money going to go to the top guys, whether that's with Live or the PG Tour or the, you know, the players, top ten players who do well on the DP Twelve Tour. But what, you know, what about what about down below? What oh. about you know, I mean, through they're 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 the, they're going to be the losers in all of this. You know, that money that money won't trip down because all the players are taking it. So, you know, I think that it's not being thought through. Not we keep on saying it's being done quickly, isn't it? And <laughs> It is because it has to be. It's because these these are these these are boring factions, aren't they? And so they're just trying to one up each other all the time. But you know that they haven't they haven't thought it through. And and, and somebody's going to have to you know you just pray that when it gets figured out in the next couple of years, and when there is sort of some stability that you know that they look at this and realise that there's going to be a uh, there's going to be an alarm and disconnect between the amateur game and the professional game. And as soon as that happens, well, you, you don't really have a sport. You don't have a professional sport. Unless there is a, you know, a clear, defined way for these players to, you know, to rise from the amateur game, because otherwise they, they won't bother. Because it, it takes so much money, doesn't it? It's got so much money to go on tour and onto these mini tours and everything. And the good, the good thing about the Mina tour, people taking the mick about the Mina tour, but see they they play for seventy five thousand dollar prize funds, which is obviously peanuts in the big scheme of things. But it's only like 50 quid to enter these things. If you have a look at some of these other tours, you know, even the European tour, that was that was a 500 quid or something. Yeah. It was a lot well, of money. The, uh... It was, it was even. And I think somebody's, somebody's got to look at it and think, well, this isn't going to work. 
long term, this isn't going to work. The uh, the yeah, I was actually looking yesterday at the Golden State tour. Uh, not that I was going to play in it, but I was like the wee man's looking for places to play. I, I mean, it's extraordinary. Eight hundred dollars to enter tournament, or I mean, he, he there's a tour, there's an amateur event in Ara. He said, "Go, can I play in this?" And I said, "What? Five hundred dollars?" It's like what on some dog shit golf course that you can go play for forty dollars? Uh, it's bonkers. The, uh, the uh, well, I mean, I guess you bring up the Mena tour I, I, again. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step out of line here. But I, my memory of the Mena tour is a few years back. They, they there was guys on Twitter who were complaining about not getting paid their prize money. So I wouldn't kind of hold up the the Mena tour as a, or certainly the a pre, the previous incarnations of it as, a, as a, any great thing. But I mean, they they are providing, uh, they are providing playing opportunities. Uh, that that I mean that's it. I mean that's what uh, aspiring pros want. They just want to go and play. They want to go compete against guys at a similar level, prove themselves, and hopefully that gives them the step up. Uh, and and you just and this reshaping of the landscape, you have to worry about about that. Of course, in the in the states, Jeff, uh, I was talking to a college coach the other day, and he was saying the PGA Tour University is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. They're going to try and gobble up. I mean, I think what they're giving out to players right now is, I mean, it's the top five. They get uh, um, status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Then the guy, the mm-hmm. ten below that, get status on the you know the Canadian or the Latin American and some uh, any whatever. I think right. that that number's going to get bigger and bigger. I think that makes sense. I, doesn't I think. It? I think. I think it's great. Yeah, and I, I, you know, another part of this besides when do fans lose interest with the money, uh, and it's just such a difficult thing to 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 track. But uh, there really aren't. The star power right now is very, um, um, it's it's odd, and there's this this turnover rate we've talked about with the way the game's played and the money. Um, but then you have in sports also just this this um, uh, at least in the United States an incredible amount of interest in the in the the next people who are going to be the next stars. They don't, uh, and it's really getting almost perverted at times. But uh, and so. Golf has an asset there in that it has mini tours, it has these these minor league tours, and then it has these moments uh, we've seen in the past where those players, given the opportunity, have s- stepped up, and there are these great stories of life changing moments and checks, uh, and we get to see those players uh, hold their own against a star player maybe for three days, and then they fall apart at the end and whatever. But it's it's fantastic and. Of course, none of this where we're going with with smaller fields and no cuts and and make sure that the rich guys, whoever they are, and and I don't even know how you identify who the stars are at this point. But we're gonna we're gonna throw all this at that, and then we're not gonna spend any money on this this developmental uh, circuit. Or we are if we are, it's it, they did increase the purses next year, but but the investment isn't the same, and then the investment in the things that cover all this is just gone. The advertising money is is going away, and so there's no coverage of any of that surrounding uh, infrastructure that's that's part of the buildup to the to the show, uh, as we call Major League Baseball. So I, that whole element where one of golf's assets is this this uh, this dream, you know, or, or the dream at the end of the year of tour school to break through and make the tour. We've just chipped away at all that yeah. at a time when that is of more interest to sports fans than I can recall 
at any time in my life. I mean, tour, Q School used to be just a little niche thing for hardcore golf fans. But I think if you had real tour school right now and there were five spots that went to the PGA Tour and, and the rest are 25, 50 went to the Corn Ferry, there'd be more interest in that than there ever was. But it's it's gone. They, I mean, they have it, but it's not for the PGA Tour. There's not that dream that you could just have eight great days and make the tour. And so, I, yeah, I don't know how you quantify all those things, but I don't think they're good in the in the context of the the current sports landscape. Yeah, Jamie, have have Lyft got, I mean, not that you're a Lyft spokesman, obviously not. But I just have you heard any picked up any sense of you know are Lyft interested in building some kind of infrastructure that you know that our hierarchy that that Jeff talks about. I guess they're only in it. So it was they're only eight months down the line or whatever, or six months down the line. But is there any sense that they would be have an interest in that, or is it all just kind of top levels uh, and that's it? It's interesting because when, when when it started and when they sort of first announced um, first announced their schedule, you know, for the Live Golf Series, there were a few stories going around. They tried to buy into something called the Clutch Tour in Britain, yeah, and uh, Clutch Tour turned them down because. I think if they realised their pathway to the European, they they got a bit of a pathway to the Challenge Tour, would have been um, would have been shut down. They tried to um, they tried to make some inroads with the Europe Euro Pro Tour. They got the same thing from uh, the Hearns, who you know the big boxing promoters yeah. in Britain, who sort of saw. Um, so so they were sniffing around that. But then I think I think they're thinking if they have got a strategy, I would imagine it would be with the Asian Tour. I think they'll. I wouldn't be surprised if next year um, there will be Q School in Britain to get on the Asian tour. Well, there, there is. Um, there is in uh, There's a live uh, qualifier in Arizona. Q School qualifier yeah. for the Asian tour in Arizona. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but just to get on the Asian tour, which obviously they, this international series has some really good money in it now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they started running. Um, you know, Asian tour qualifying school around places. Obviously, the MENA tour. Sorry to keep going back to the media tour, but that's actually feeds in Asian tour and uh, Asian development tour and has a merger going on there. So, you know, there are chances there for them. And it, and I think it's an open goal for them. I really do. Yeah, It would be great for them. And, you know, they, they keep going on about growing the game. Well, this would actually be evidence of it instead of, you know, giving all the money to these superstars. If they did, uh, if they did you know, concentrate on some development tours, it would be quite easily set up. There's obviously gaps in the market there now. Well, and Lawrence, there's one other part to this with the team element. And this was what I never quite could grasp with the, the Premier Golf League group because I, I think they didn't want to scare star players. But what the most compelling potential element to the team aspect is that you have relegation, that that somebody's not, you know, Pat Perez is not holding his own <laughs> on, on, on team whatever they are, thrashers or... or I think it's the four aces, rushers. isn't it? Is it not the four, four aces? Four aces, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe the four aces. I know who, he who gets, team members are. No. That's a little disturbing. <laughs> but he, and so he gets... Um, he He's not holding his own, and Captain Mick... Or, oh, I don't know, though. No, Phil Mickelson DJ. is definitely not DJ's his captain. Ca DJ's the captain. <laughs> captain DJ uh, looks at the analytics, and he watches, he sees... <laughs> He sees this young guy down on the on the developmental tour that's just killing it, and he has to make the call that to Pat and say, "Oh, Pat, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever." And 
and but there is drama in that and um and it also it brings attention which is lacking from this exhibition right now which is hey there's no cut 48 guys i go i make 750 grand for shooting 75 three days in a row well all of a sudden if you have that component the team element does become compelling over the course of the year i mean that to me is where i guess it's just a fine line between not wanting to scare off players that you're trying to lure um, but it is always, uh, to me, the thing that, that, that could have made this stand out. And maybe it will if they, they give it time. The uh, I think the team thing's been... I, I, I mean, I had higher expectations for it. I mean, well, they've a, done... Oh, a, yeah, they've done horrible damage to it with these, these hokey names and then moving players around. And, and I get it. They're just... They, you know, it's the first year uh, of this, really, and they're trying to wing it. But... Yeah, the the, uh, the the Premier Golf League's concept was a little more organic on the team side, that you would have these players, those initial players would build an identity for the team. Maybe, you know, they would name it themselves, not these, these lame names. And they would build something around their personality, and then in a few years they'd sell it off to a rich guy owner, and, and you'd have they'd get a check and you'd have that. But that all of that kind of has been... I think really tainted by the way they started it with these these names and forced uh, efforts to make it make it cool. But maybe when they have their final event, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll uh, it'll start to come together. But I, I guess this week I just heard that they they've decided to count three scores instead of f- uh, two. So like they're just changing the, making it up as they go, which is not not helpful either. I think it says something. The, the main story, uh, the whole team thing, is that Pat Perez is making a load of money for playing shit. You know, I mean, that has been the main, you're right. That has been the main story that people just are. And and it's nobody's really very positive about that either. Yeah, it's not exactly (laughs) formula. Sorry, go on, Jamie. It's not quite Cinderella, is it? Uh, Oh, my God. It's uh, a real, it's a real, what what a paper that is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, Jamie, I, I, I mean, I'm aware we've got a limited amount of time with you. There's still a couple of things um, I want to move on just to a bit more um, personalities. I, I know you're pretty close to some of the players on, on Live, pretty close to a lot of players on the European Tour as well. Uh, you mentioned something earlier on that's see some of the players, obviously, no names, or are they the guys that have signed up? Are they like, oh shit? Or are they, oh, this is quite good? Or, I mean, oh, Greg Norman's a tosser, I've got to spend all this time with Greg Norman. I mean, what's the kind of, what's the kind of, what kind of sense do you get? Is there, on a scale of regret, one to ten? I mean, where's the, what's the number? Oh, they would never, you know, they would never. Really? They would never. No, they, they are, they are, you know, they're all in and they're seeing, you know, they're they're beating the drum and they're seeing this is wonderful and uh, you know, well, we e- are even even to you behind even off, you know, when you're just having a chat. Yeah. He's never, nobody's ever said to me, Greg Norman's a tosser. <laughs> like, people have said to me, but none of the players have said that to me. Um, but I, I think they're, they just, you know, they're, they're golfers. They are, they are confident people, aren't they? And they hate being wrong. So, you know, and if you, if you look at the identity of these people, you know, they are very successful, you know, players in their 40s, mainly, aren't they? Yeah. And so they do. They're certainly not going to say, "Oh my God, I've made a right balls up of this." Um, I think you know, I've, um, Graham, Graham McDowell, I think, is um, 
regretted some of the things he's seen because I think he thought he was um, astute enough to uh, deal with the with the questions, but he just messed up one after another. And um, I think you know there's a regret there that he he, he probably shouldn't have opened his mouth so much. But you know I think like they knew exactly what they were signing into. You know they they knew th- those old boys knew that they were getting so much money, and this is what was part of the game that they have to. Um, they they have to push the cause, and I, they seem to they seem to be convinced about all the ones I've talked to, even off the record. I'm not sure about the youngsters, you know. Um, some of them, you know, they may might not even be on the um, on the league next year. I just wonder then. I don't want to particularly single him out because he's a lovely chap, but Laurie Canty, you know, if he doesn't get in that top 24 by you know next week, and he's about 31st at the moment in their point standings, then does he get on the Live Golf League? And if the hearing it goes against against the Rebels with the European Tour in February. Will he have anywhere to play? And then he'll look at his stash and think, well, that was that worth it? I think we'll we'll get stories like that, you know. And um, that's another part of it. It's just it's just stories everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah. There is. So uh, you talk about regrets. I, I mean, I've no idea, and I'm sure you don't know either. But surely Ian Poulter must regret suing the European Tour. I mean, he has. You know, let by all means let somebody else let another player sue the European Tour. But why would, given his kind of lineage of the European Tour, his record there, you know, he's given a lot to European Tour. They gave a lot to him. I mean, that just seemed like such a stupid thing to do, and such a like almost like you you know when you lose your temper and you do something and then you think, oh shit, but but, but then it's too late. Although he's, I see he's taking his name off the. Off the PGA Tour, uh, the lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Yeah, but I think you know there's a lot of people taking their name off that, and that's because Liv have said you don't really need to be part of it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think there's a bit of Liv telling these people we want you to do this, and I, you know, I'm not sure it happened, but I, I've heard enough whispers to believe it did happen. That with the with the Scottish Open, they wanted somebody high profile to go to to get an injunction. I think they wanted that to happen, and I think uh, Ian was the man they chose to do it. And he's got paid a lot of money for it. And did he have regrets about it? You never know with him. He's, he's probably the most ballsy person I've ever met in my yeah, life. He is. Yeah. So, and so I, God knows whether he has regrets. But I don't think he does. I don't really do. He's got he's got a, he's got a hide so thick, and me remember <laughs> that Scott. We went and spoke to him, me and you and Murray from the Guardian. And he just didn't care, you know. He was saying, "Are you, you know, do you worry about what they're going to say to you? You know, other people in the locker room." When he did not give a shit, he didn't. He didn't care. He's got his team there. His boy was with him. He didn't care. And there were other other live players there. And you know, he'll he'll stand there and argue with anyone, won't he? You know, even Thomas Bjorn, he went up with him had a big conversation. Like most people are scared of Thomas, but Poulter wouldn't be. He'd just say, "No, yes, I've done it. This is my choice." You know, and you know, even suing the tour. You know, how we ended up at this stage where Ian Poulter is suing the tour. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But you know, he'll he'll have his reasons, and I think there was definitely some urging on behalf of Liv. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, that was uh, yeah. So no regrets, uh, I guess. Uh, here, listen. One more thing, uh, Jamie, and uh, it's just relating to this Mina tour stuff. 
It just seems, well, it's hard to follow, but as I understand it, the golf official got, imagine Peter Dawson running everything. Why is Peter Dawson ended up in the middle of everything again? That guy just drives me insane. Anyway, they've kind of put a stay on it, you know, uh, the request or the the demand, not the demand, the assumption that they would be getting straight. I mean, it's just it was comical, really, that they would just get straight, walk straight in and get these world ranking points. Uh my point, Jamie, is to me, it just seems so desperate, right? Just such a kind of desperate move, and not you know, you wrote that they 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 had the expectation that we they would get the points. God knows where the expectation came from, given the previous six months of what 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 has been going on. The idea that they, they would then step in and, and automatically be gifted these points is silly. Um, so but so that's one thing. But to me, it. Uh, it just seemed like a kind of oh, like a whiz bang idea they dreamed up, and let's do this. And but it's the kind of desperation. No, that's one thing. But what I'm interested in, what is the source of that desperation? Uh, I mean, I have my own three, which I'll put it in one line. I, I think the Saudis are saying, well, we spent two billion here. Uh, you told us we'd be we'd take over the world of golf, and uh, it's, a bit, it's not it's not it's not really happened. And I wonder if the squeeze is coming in from the, the public investment fund. Yeah, it could well be. It could be. It could be uh, part of uh, Norman's, you know, remit that, that, that he promised them. You know, they obviously made a lot of promises to the players, didn't they? That they haven't been able to, um, that they haven't been able to keep. You know, Norman told Sergio that there was no way the PG Tour could ban him for a day, and then obviously they they lost that case in. You know, they they lost, they lost the case in America, didn't they? Well, and, they didn't you know, lose they, it. They, they, they didn't lose it, but uh, anyway, yeah. But you know they have been banned for more than a day, haven't they? Yeah, They've yeah. Been banned for months. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, it wasn't like with that. I think there's been a lot of, um, but I think they had to do that in a way. I think they had to go out on a limb and tell the players just to get them over there. And now he wants them. You know, he wants a happy ship there. It's credibility. I said it earlier on. That's what he wants. He wants it to be credible. He wants it to be credible. And I think a lot of the players don't actually care about whether they get points or not. I don't think Dustin cares. He's got he's got exemptions into the majors now till twenty twenty five through twenty twenty five. That's probably enough for him anyway. I don't think they really care. You know, people like Poulter and Westwood, they don't care. I think Poulter would like to be considered for the Ryder Cup in some in some capacity, but I, I don't think Westwood cares about that anymore. Um, but I think there's a, there's you know, and obviously I think another big thing. Everybody is just talking about the people who are there. And the people who are there getting ranking points. What about the people who they might persuade to go there if they can say, "Look, we've got ranking points." Yeah, that's you, a good you, point. You, you're going to still get in the majors because we've got ranking points, and you know, we, and so what? What is the downside to them? You know, so you won't be able to play on the PG Tour. Um, so well, you can only come play on our events. They got they're worth more money. You'll get more money, and you can you got access to ranking points. I think that's you know that's what he wants. It it just makes the carrot field dangle that more appealing to uh, to the big games that they big big names that they obviously want. I'd, I'd be amazed if by by when they start next March or next February, whenever it will be, that they haven't got a few more big names. I'd be amazed if they haven't. Well, I I think you've raised a really good point, which I hadn't thought of probably because I'm not smart enough. But you know, it is this point stuff is more a uh, world ranking points is more the carrot than the actual. You know, for the guys who are currently in there, if I'm Mister Live, I could, you know, I can sell my product to these players, you know, 
probably be a much easier task if I can offer these ranking points. Desperation, Jeff. What, what do you think? Uh, what is? I mean, it is, there's no doubt in, in my mind that there, you know, this stuff, this Mina stuff, is pretty desperate. I, I mean, the sound, the, the squeeze must be coming in from MBS. Yeah, they better be careful. S- some something has to be pushing it because uh, it, 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 the, the the people behind the scenes that we were praising had to be the ones working on that. So they clearly feel they have to do it. And I think we touched on all the right reasons, legitimacy, and 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 probably a, a push from above. But it's still the way they did this, and then you read the timing of it. It was it was so shady, uh, and and it just doesn't. There, yeah, for a while there, they were they were being sweet and nice, and and talking up Peter Dawson, and and the uh, and Greg was saying nice things about him, and now they're back to the this kind of duplicitous weird thing and I, I i just think it's such a misfire and it's i mean harold varner is probably the only guy who will not get into majors next year because he's going to fall out of the top 50 uh here in the fall bryson's got exemptions through whatever 24 and so you're talking about one guy right now in the short term that that's going to lose this if you don't have these points and i and again really that this is worth pushing and, 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 and maybe making them really mad and, and looking for new ways to just make it more difficult I, I uh, for Liv. I, I just I think it's just such a misfire. I get the push. They're maybe laying the grounds for a lawsuit, different things like that. But uh, there's a real case that they could have done this quietly behind the scenes because at this point now it's just a distraction from their actual product if they're so proud of what they have and it's so good. This is the topic of conversation all the time, not that they are playing a tournament in Bangkok this week and so-and-so's leading. And so it's a very strange uh, mindset to me. And, and uh, but they're, you know, they, they may have a, they may have a strategy behind it, but I don't, I don't see it. Um, I, I got a feeling about how this Minotaur thing came along and I don't think it came from there, but I think it came from the Minotaur. I think David Spencer, who I know and you know, you, you remember him, Lawrence, when he was in charge of the race to Dubai, when that kicked yep. off and everything, before he got, uh, yep. before Nikhil. He, he, he knows the rankings inside out. He knows, hmm. I've telling you, he does. I've got chats with him before. He knows more about the rankings than Peter Dawson does, right? He knows them inside out. And I think he had this dormant tour and he saw a chance to go to live and say, I can give you, um, I can give you, I can give you a pathway to access points, and if you have you seen the elig- eligibility list and exemption list he's drawn up, you know they are really creative. Go on, go on to Mon- go on to that Monday qualifying um, Twitter account, and you'll see them. They're, they really are very creative, and you know he he, he knows the system and he work, and he's working the system. And I think Liv thought, well, even if it doesn't come off, it's you know this is you know give us further evidence, and we'll be able to see even more that it's a closed shop and there's low play and all of that. So I think that's what happened. That's what happened. And I, I think there's probably people saying that they've been working on this for months. I don't think they've been working on it for months at all. I think it's happened in the past couple of weeks. And this is how quickly it's happening. And they have thought, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you know, people will say we've been embarrassed, but we've got it all strength in our legal case. And who knows? They might blink. You know, the OWGR might blink because basically, does Dawson really want this? You know, this must be a massive headache for him. And, you know, massive headache. How, you know, this is going to go on for ages. And this, you know, uh, Mickelson said, you know, this would be their chance to solve it, out over, solve it overnight. 
probably was never going to happen. But, you know, maybe they thought, well, it's worth an outside pen. And we're not going to lose much out of it. I, I, I do I do share your sympathy for Peter Dawson. I mean, he was rolling along through life. His only care in the world was the, the, the quality of the sandwiches in the, the bar at the Old Course Hotel. And uh, now he's got to deal. <laughs> he's got to deal with us, Jeff. Any other? Oh, I don't, I'm not going to ask that. But anything else to ask, uh, add? But uh, I guess we should wrap up. I don't think I asked you. I'll ask both of you, Jeff. Uh, I, I sort of laid out where the world I got. I don't think you did when I asked you last week. What, what's uh, where's golf in two years' time? What, what we're we looking at? I, well, I did touch on it a little bit. I just think it's going to be a lot like tennis and it's going to be uh, spread out and, and a bit of a mess. And then the players will convene four times a year at the uh, the majors and they'll be even bigger than, than – I think it'll be just like tennis is right now where, where it is really four weeks a year that people pay attention and the rest will be uh, severely weakened by all this. I, I just don't see one side emerging uh, and winning handily and, and – growing their audience and all that. I, I just don't see it. There's just no way they've kind of chipped away at each other. They keep making mistakes. They're not going to get together and then the, the PG and, and work this out. And the PGA tour and the European tour can't seem to figure something out because you have these players who don't want to travel all over the world. And, and that's their guiding Jay. So I, I just think it'll be a, a mess for, for a while and we have to get used to that. Uh, Jamie. Yeah, I think I think if you look at five years, I think we might get some uh, some people around the table in five years, and if you had a five, ball out of them, five, I think yeah, I think that yeah, maybe that. Right. Why would you um, say? What, hang on, hang, why would you say five years? Are, are is the antagonism uh, so deep? Yeah, I think it's that, and I think the legal thing has to have to play out, and that's going to take a number of years. You know, we're already looking twenty twenty four, aren't we? For yeah, um, for the PGA Tour suit, yeah. So, and I think that's going to, and then there'll be posturing after that, and there'll be a load of willy waving after that, and this will go on and on, and eventually it'll reach a point where I think Jeff's right, it will be so fragmented, it'll be like tennis that nobody knows who's playing where or when, and nobody cares about from the majors. And I think then it'll come to, um, I think it'll come to a point when they'll have to sit down. It'll probably be different personnel by there. I doubt, I doubt Norman will be around with them. Monaghan might not be around with them. Pelly probably won't be around with them. And it probably will take a new uh, cast list to sort this out. But, you know, if you look through the crystal ball, that's probably what will show. But the interesting thing is how we get to that point. And that's what's going to be so fascinating over the next four, four years, I think, is how we reach that point. And, and I'm sure, you know, we, there, there will be things happen that we couldn't even imagine right now. Anyway, uh, that sounds all very dark. Um, but, but anyway, uh, listen, uh, Jeff... Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, and same to you, Jamie. But before we finish, we're going to go into the big, the big news of the week. Uh, Stevie Gallagher has got is tied first at the after two days at the Spanish Open. Uh, uh, Jamie, uh, big news. You have to say that's huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah, my wife was just talking to me about that before we came on. It really is startling. <laughs> Oh, no, I only bring him up because he's a big Celtic fan like me. Anyway, uh, Jamie, thanks for coming on, mate. That's a, 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 that was really, really kind of you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Great. Cheers. Cheers, Lawrence. Cheers, Jeff. All thanks, Jamie. Take care. All the best, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Thank Tell you, Lawrence. Me.